You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. and welcome to Trophy Horses, this is episode 466. Just wanted to make sure I got that right after that little flub last week. I'm your host again, Alex. This week, Tricky unfortunately could not join us again due to the current blizzard conditions, which seem to be endless up in New York. So he's uh, actually just probably getting off work within the last hour or so and, and going to bed because he's had a long, long shift. But as always, I have with me the man who brings the awesome, my real tag team partner in podcasting. It's I Yield to No One. Hey, everybody. I, I enjoyed my week off. Your week off? Did you get to play a lot of video games in that week off? I did. I, I, uh, almost, I almost got one platinum. I think when we get done recording, I'll, I'll knock out another platinum. But All right, well, then let's, let's get recording here underway. Let's fire up Rev These Engines so we can get you to that, uh, that game. You actually, while you, while you mentioned playing games, uh, you had jumped back onto Rocket League with, uh, with Ger- our friend Gareth, didn't you, this past uh, weekend? I did. He asked if anybody wanted to play. I said, hey, I'll be around. It, you know, hit me up if, if you want to run some. So he did. We ran, oh, I don't know, five, six matches in competitive. Uh, one, one. Is this, this is two on two, right? This is, yeah, this was 2v2. So it's a different monster than we're used to in our either our chaos or our standard three on three. Yes, yes, and 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 I I still stick by what I said. Gareth is way better than I am, but um, most yeah, of the thing I, most of the games we were in, it, it we'd lose it at the end. But it wasn't it was not, not bad. Which was, I mean, we we lost some heartbreakers on Thursday, which was kind of, you know, we won. I think we won more than we lost, but we, we lost some heartbreakers. We didn't really get blown out of the water, any. We typically lost by one, or you know, maybe lost in overtime, which is, which is unfortunate. But one thing I did notice about Gareth while we were playing with him was that he was a very well-rounded player. Like he could play goalie, he could go score, he could set, give setups with assists. So, uh, yeah, like that didn't like seemed you know strong in all regards. That that was that was my thing when we were playing I was the setup guy I was I, I think one game I had like three assists and so I, yeah, I, don't I know was, if you all I was his the, setup guy I don't know if you are watching the Thursday night Rocket League stream but if you were you all saw that I was passing out assists like John Stockton there this past Thursday in some Rocket League and we, we want to give a shout out to Gareth for uh for again joining us for the week before but also for wanting to get together for some Rocket League on the weekend and a big shout out to Nitro for for keeping the chat lively. Thank you, sir. Uh, but yield, we uh, talked about a, a platinum you're trying to earn. What what's your trophy count? How how are we going to bolster that trophy count this week? So I am sitting at four thirty five. Trophy count of six nine nine six. That can't be more rounded than rounded, could it? And a platinum count of one thirteen. Tricky is a level 603 with a total trophy count of 13,723, the platinum count of 251. I am level 439 with a trophy count of 7,148 and a platinum count of 108 platinums in 107 games. And Sid, our friend from across the pond, is level 512 with a total trophy count of 10,130 and a platinum count of 174. 
Sealed, we know that, you know, your your little Rocket League excursion you had this weekend, we know about that, yeah. but you've had an entire week off. You're working towards a platinum. What what games have you been hitting up lately? So I've been playing World of Warship Legends, uh, mainly because they, uh, well, I always play it, but they added in aircraft carriers. So I've been playing around with the aircraft carriers. How, uh, how does that change the dynamic of the game? Well... Because aircraft carriers really don't do much. They just kind of like house other, like they just like the, they obviously there were like, uh, like mostly as a platform for like planes. Correct. Correct. So right now they're just testing them out. So we only had a tier three aircraft carrier for United States and Japan, and they were biplanes, and a lot of people were complaining that the planes weren't strong enough because you were only doing like twenty thousand worth of damage. You know, I mean, some people had really good games, but on average, you might be doing twenty to 40,000 damage, which is kind of underwhelming for a ship. But it's like, it's Tier 3, and they're biplanes. You're not going to be doing, you're not, your bombs aren't going to be doing a lot of damage, and your torpedoes aren't going to be that heavy. So I, I really wasn't overly con- worried about it. Now, this week, as you're hearing this show, uh, the Tier 5 aircraft carriers are rolling out and we get to give those a try. So I'll let you know next week how I think those are. I think they're all right. Um, your your main goal with them is you're going to be kind of a spotter to spot out ships. I mean, you're going to be able to, to drop bombs, but for the most part, you're mainly a nuisance. I think I've only sunk like three ships with my planes. So... I mean, you know, in naval warfare, yes, the planes do play a role, but I would assume that it's called World of Warships that, um, you know, you want to keep the focus on the ships as much as possible. Well, yeah, but it's, it's World War One and World War Two ships, and aircraft carriers were a big part of it. There's only one carrier per, sh- per team, so it's not like you can load up on, on aircraft carriers. So it, it's just kind of a neat dynamic that they've added in. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not that good at them, at least not yet. So I don't know how much I'll play the carriers. I I, I enjoy my battleships, destroyers, and cruisers. So it'll just be interesting to see how it pans out when they unveil all the tiers. Well, I'm just thinking, like, is the is the aircraft carrier the big trophy kill in a game? Like, say you, you were going out, like, in a hunting game, and, like, the Kodiak was your main thing that you were shooting for is this well, is this like the thing that people go for because they're like yeah it's bragging rights i killed the aircraft carrier well you would think but in in the in the test beta that they're doing you only i think the most i've seen is three human players three or four human players each side and the rest are ai so you've got nine a team and at and the least i've seen is two aside because there's always one person as the aircraft carrier and then whoever else fills in. So, yeah, I've always ended up trying to go after the carrier. Once you clear out your side of the map, you just kind of head to the back of the map and start looking for the aircraft carrier so you can take them down, just so you can kind of be like, ha, I sunk your carrier. It's not like you get any big bonus or anything, but it's just kind of a nice little feather in your cap. I was going to say, because, I mean, if you mentioned that the, the planes are kind of a nuisance more than a real danger 
then you would think the aircraft carriers, like, if you're going to add something like aircraft carriers in, you would think that it's like, hey, this is an immediate threat you need to take care of, or, you know, I don't know. What, my, my question then would be, what's the point of the aircraft carriers if they're not really a huge danger to you? Well, I, I think they're afraid of it being too overpowerful. Like, and people you, wanting to do more air combat than yeah, ship yeah, combat? You, you, combat. You, you, you still want to be able... You don't want everybody to go aircraft carrier because then the game would be kind of boring. So I, 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 I think they'll try to find a good balance. I mean, you're not going to please everybody. I'm a, I'm in a couple of of groups on Facebook, and I swear people just like to gripe. So it, it'll. I don't think the, I don't think they'll ever allow any more than one carrier per team, but. It'll. It, I think when you get up to like five tier five, six, and seven, I think that's when your carriers will start being more. Uh, what's the word? More offensive. You know, doing more damage and more of a danger than three and four, where they're just kind of annoying. At least with me, I try to take my torpedo bombers and try to drop torpedoes in the water. To get the ship to turn, so that way, you know, because you're going to turn to dodge them because they don't, you know, the torpedo bomber torpedoes don't uh, have the top speed as like a destroyer's. So you can dodge them pretty easy. So my goal is always to get them to turn, so that way they're broadside for the cruisers and the battleships. At least that's my thinking. All right, so you've been you've been sailing the seas in World of Warships. I have going on some naval battles there. But what else have you been playing? We can't be just World of Warships and yep. Rocket League. Uh, been playing some Just Cause Three, uh, just knocking out some of the DLC trophies. Uh, still trying to decide when I'm going to start playing the game all over again since it glitched and locked me out of the one of the uh, vehicle items. Yeah, so basically, like what you said, once you took over certain areas, you were given a vehicle for that, but you didn't get one of the vehicles, which basically prevented you from getting that trophy, right? Yeah, and then so, which basically you then got you got to play the whole game over again. I, I've tried some tricks, and it hasn't worked yet. So I, I'm I was kind of messing around. There's a couple of of the challenges, I guess you would say, that I need to earn five gears on. And I gave those a couple of world day, but mainly I just kind of went back to the DLC and I finished, I hundred percented one of the DLC packs. Just, I was, I didn't want to start anything new quite yet. So I was messing around with that. But that really sucks the wind out of your sails. Just kind of sours you just like, I did this, but the stupid trophy just glitched. Like it's such a small thing, but it just kind of like ruins your entire experience. It did. And it's just like, man, I've sunk so much time. And the thing, I sunk so much time into the game. And then the thing is, the trophy that it's linked to, it's not like I can be like, well, I'll just, I'll start over. I'll I'll get everything else. And then I'll just buzz through the game and, you know, beat the story, then go back and liberate, liberate what I need to liberate for vehicles. Well, no... That trophy is tied to the 100% trophy. So not only... So I basically have to play the whole game again. I have to liberate every town, every providence. 
I got a five gear every challenge. I basically got to play the whole game again. So the situation, like the glitch that you're experiencing, like when I was doing, like the last time that I was like worried about glitches and trophies was Ghost of Tsushima because there was something I'd read online that there was a glitch where if you started a side mission, like one of the Tales of Tsushima and you didn't finish it, you picked up like another mission instead and maybe like went to do that it would maybe glitch you and you lock you out of doing the one of those missions though I, I think the pick the one you picked up first which would prevent you from getting finishing all the story missions and therefore lock you out of one of the trophies i don't think it would it wouldn't lock you out of doing the jin's journey missions which is the main story but the tales of shima you needed to get one of the trophies and thus the platinum and i i lived in fear of that like i always made sure that i kept good track of all the things i had done and all the missions i had completed and I, I just made sure, I, and I even, like, read online, like, names of the missions later down the road so that I could make sure that I had, and, and kept, like, track of, like, in your completed mission log, so just to make sure that didn't happen to me. So I yeah. was there. I was afraid of getting locked out of that trophy just because the game itself, like, that that's a lot of time invested in a game. And if you want to go for the Platinum and you're locked out, like, just no one needs to play another game over again for something like that. Yeah. So I, uh... When I was playing it, there was a couple of times where I was, like, on a Tales mission. And, you know, the way I play those type of open-world games, as I'm, you know, you go, okay, you picked it up here, now you're going all the way over to this side of the map. So as I'm going over, um, you know, if I liberate a town, I liberate a town. Oh, you want to talk to me. Okay, what do you have? Oh, you offered me a mission. And sometimes I would accidentally, okay, sure, I'll take your mission. Oh, the mission started. Well, you know what? I'm going to go to the one I was doing because your mission is not anywhere near where I'm going. So I click back over and click on the tails I was doing and it didn't lock me out. But I, I remember you giving me that head heads up. So I try. I was not. If, if I accepted it, I would not. Go finish it. Nope. I'm finishing this one. I started. Yeah, basically what I had read is. If you start a tail, finish the tail before you do anything else. Yeah. Because especially with the Jin's Journey missions, like a lot of times like I would start a Jin's Journey mission or at least be heading towards it and then I would veer off to do a side mission. So I got lucky and I was able to read early enough about the glitch before. It's sad that, you know, like you consider sometimes you have to go, like just if you're a trophy hunter, to like go to a forum and see, are there any glitches in this game? I mean, which which like playstationtrophies.org and all that stuff really help because they and like power picks and stuff like that they um help because they you know they have the guides for you know trophies and stuff so you know i mean if you're you know doing cleanup and stuff they can be helpful but it's also helpful when at the start it's like hey can I, i'm just gonna go ahead and see if there are any glitch trophies if there's anything i need to be aware of uh it's it kind of sucks that you have to do that but i mean unfortunately it's it's tech and things don't always work as they they're supposed to encode yes all right, anything else, Shield? Oh, and then the game that I think I'm going to be able to platinum once we get done recording is uh, Spyro the Dragon. I saw that you, I didn't know that you were playing that, but it, I've seen that over the last couple of days you've been earning some trophies in that. Is yes. that, wait, is that the entire trilogy? Yes, it's the Reignited trilogy. So I'm just playing through the first one right now. Oh, okay, and then you've got the other two. Ripto's yeah, the, Rage, and then I can't remember, I think Ripto's Rage is the third one. I can't remember what the second one is. No, Ripto's Rage is number two. Okay. Year of the Dragon is number three. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, enjoying the Spyro games? Because you're, you're not big on Crash Bandicoot, I don't think, or at least you haven't played many of the, of the Crash games. I played the first one, and I've uh, 
I want to pick up the remasters of the Crash games because I I picked up two and three for the PlayStation One and then never played them. I think they're still in plastic. So I was like, you know what? Now that now that there's trophies for them, it makes it easier to go back and replay it. Yeah, and strangely, like I just bring Crash Bandicoot into the conversation, but it seems like these days you can't mention Crash without almost mentioning Spyro too, because Activision, even though the original games were made by different developers, Activision, you know, being where they're housed now, Activision owns both light both IPs. It, they kind of like Activision has kind of like married them together almost, or put them in such close quarters that you can't think of Crash without thinking of Spyro and the other way around. Yes, and obviously, and obviously, being you know anthropomorphic animal characters like mascot characters from the from the late nineties, it's it's in the mid nineties, it's kind of easy to lump them together. Oh, absolutely! I mean, they're kind of almost like brothers say. from different mothers. Yeah, I I was gonna kind of say that, but didn't know if that was right. But yeah. All right. Well, yield. As you know, I was playing some Rocket League with you guys on Thursday, and we, we talked about this a little bit because they've got uh, they're doing the the promotion for the the big game, and of course I, I don't know can we say Super Bowl on here? I'll let Tricky edit that out if he needs to. But the the big game apparently it's trademarked, and you're not supposed to say Super Bowl. So I may have just gotten into a little legal trouble there. You'll, so it's up to Tricky. Uh-oh. It's up to Tricky to make sure that we don't get in any trouble. You have the power, Tricky. But so they've got, you know, a new game called Gridiron, which is a very football, I mean, it's a football style game put into Rocket League. We've had, you know, the hockey game in there. We've had the basketball game and hoops. We've had soccer for forever because that's what the game released on. Now we have a Gridiron mode and Yield, I don't know if you had played any of that at all. Have you? No, I didn't get to play any, uh, any so of it. So the weird thing about the, the Gridiron thing and, you know, it feels, it does feel natural for Rocket League. Like it is a fun mode. It does take some time to get used to because obviously instead of hitting the ball like a soccer ball, you are carrying the football like a running back. So it attaches to your car almost like a game of rumble when you have the spikes. And, you know, you got to hit cars or or touch the ball, and then you can take the ball away, steal your ball from your opponent or even your teammate, which is pretty freaking annoying because that is one thing that really sucks is when your teammate, you're like, you're trying to do something with the ball, and your teammate just comes and grabs it. So people are just, you know, going, grabbing for the ball for themselves and not really helping in a team effort. Uh, But also you can flip, like do a roll and throw the ball, which is a nice little aspect. And, you know, goals aren't always, you know, seven points. Sometimes they're three. Other times they're seven. I think, what is it? If you throw it, it's three points. If it's directly connected to you, then it's seven. I think that's what Homer is saying. I, but think there it's, I think it's seven if you if you run it in. And then three if it's not attached to your body. If it's not yes. attached to the car or your body. So there is a different... It, it, it is a game that you got to get used to, especially if you're used to the sock hard. But, I mean, it is fun. The aspect of people just being able to take the ball away from you kind of sucks, but it is a very frantic game. Uh, I believe your turbo actually recharges over time. It's automatic. Obviously, if you grab, there's still turbo pads, so you can grab turbo to fill it immediately. But uh, yeah, it, it's a fun, it's a fun game. So I would encourage people to play it. Is it going to stick around after you know the whole football, the big football game is over? I don't know if it ends tomorrow or if it goes on a week next week. I'm I believe sure. it says limited game. So yeah, I it is. It's, it's 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 not forever. I just can't remember if it was only for one week or two. Let me look it up. Yeah, but I mean, it is fun. But I mean, the the we usually talk about how much we enjoy the items for all the Rocket League events. The ones for the big game, they're not that great. It's like a, a tire that looks like a. It's got the NFL symbol in it. It looks like a football like style texture on the tire, and then there's like some kind of title for you as a player. Yeah, it's nothing. Like gridiron guru. 
Yeah, I think nothing special. Is, so I wouldn't worry like, about those. Nah. Maybe maybe give a gridded iron a try though. It's a fun fun game, but not anything that's you know going to take the shine off of Sakar. That's still the go to. But yeah, so played that for Rocket League Thursdays. Like I said, shout out to Nitro for for keeping the chat lively and giving Tricky some shit. But as always, if you're interested in watch, watching us play Rocket League and just kind of we apparently we're nicer to each other than we should be. That's what we always hear like on social media and stuff. When Tricky posts the videos on like TikTok or wherever, they're like, man, you guys are a lot nicer to each other, which begs the question, how shitty are other people to their teammates when they're playing Rocket League? That's we know that there's a lot of toxicity in the Rocket League community, but hopefully if you're playing on a team, you know, people aren't that shitty to each other. But yes, every sa- every fr- Thursday night at 7 p.m., unless otherwise stated, we get together for Rocket League to play for about an hour and a half, two hours, where it's usually me, Yield, I, um, Homer gets stuffed, and we've got, I think we've just pretty much added Riley, because uh, the brain, 76, I should say, because he's pretty much there every week now, too, um, barring every, you know, every occasional miss. But uh, yeah, usually it's it's me, the brain, Yield, and Homer, although sometimes Gareth will sub in, Tricky on the occasion will play if he's not working. So yeah, if you're interested in Rocket League, we do stream it on uh, twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer every single Thursday starting at 7. So we'd so, love to have you join us for that. Absolutely, sir. we would. So it ends Monday. It ends the 8th. Okay, so it's here and gone. So it's here and gone. I thought it was another week. Okay. So uh, I, I, I guess if I'm going to play it, I should try it tonight or tomorrow. Yep. So uh, another thing here and gone, the PlayStation Plus free games, I, I've downloaded. I want to make sure I download these games for February as soon as they came out because I'm actually interested in playing them. I downloaded the PlayStation 4 version of Control for the Ultimate uh, the Ultimate Edition, and then I downloaded Concrete Genie as well because that game's got a really cool art style, and usually that kind of stuff draws me in real hard. So I know it's a shorter game, not necessarily a hard platinum, but I definitely want to give Concrete Genie a chance. So I downloaded both those games already. I'm planning to go on to the PC and download the two PlayStation or the two PlayStation Five games, Destruction All Stars, and then also the uh, Ultimate Edition of the play, of PlayStation Five version of Control. So I'm gonna um, gonna do that later on. But yeah, um, I want to get into Concrete Genie and try to play that first since it is a shorter game, and then later on I'll get into Control. Hopefully before Pokemon Snap comes out this year. Or po- new Pokemon Snap, I should say. But, I'll, be, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on Control. Uh, like, like I posted in Facebook, on, on our Facebook group. I'm, I'm going to put at least two of the three on my download list. I'll, I'm debating whether I do Destruction All-Stars. Yeah, I mean, but, you might uh, as well. I mean, you might as well honestly yield. I mean, I, I from what I read, that there are some improvements that need to be made to the game. But overall... You know, it might you don't lose anything for adding it to your your library, and if it does yeah, turn out true. like really good, then you know, or it's a game that you really want to try, then you haven't lost anything. You can you can go download it and install it, and you know, if you never want to play it, then you don't have to. So That's I would true. at least I would at least go online and sign into your uh, your PlayStation account on Sony's website, and then redeem it there. Yeah, I I have the last two, so I probably will this one. But yeah, so uh, before I get into Concrete Genie, though, I want to fin- finish up Ghost of Tsushima Legends. So I talked about like, um, oh, the one thing I will warn you about Yield with Control is last week, Steven said that their checkpoint system is really jacked up in that game, okay. which has me a little concerned. So I want to look more. I jacked look more, up how? He didn't really specify. I didn't. No. Okay. Um, I didn't, but I I didn't need, know if, like if they were, some are real close together and others are far apart or as in it forks with your game. I don't think it would work with your game because there'd be more of an outcry like that, but maybe it's just the checkpoints are really, really far apart 
or there are some levels when you get more checkpoints than others, or sections when you get more checkpoints than others. I don't know. I, I can definitely follow up with him on that or look more into it. But that's one thing that he did say that uh, the checkpoint system was was really frustrating to deal with. So be forewarned. Uh, but yes, okay. uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends is where I've spent a lot of my time this week and this, or at least the last how, couple of weeks and this weekend. So, so how is Legends? I have yet to foray into it. So. If you really like Ghost of Tsushima, I would definitely say, hey, play Ghost of Tsushima Legends. I, unfortunately, I think that you've got a lot of stuff to play, and I don't think that you would spend much time in it. Not because it's not fun, but because I think that there's just too much on your plate for you to, to spend in like an offshoot online thing for Ghost of Tsushima. Because you're not huge into online games. I mean, yes, you play World of Warships. Yes, you play Rocket League. But an multi- online multiplayer game doesn't really seem to be your style of thing. Okay, so so you can't go through it by yourself. You have to have no. So I mean, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, and this is a really cool thing. And I'll, I'll you know, Stephen told me that, and this is something that Stephen explained last week on the show. He he learned from an interview. But go, the Legends mode is essentially the stories that it happens after years after Jin and everything that he does in the game. And it's basically people telling legends. It's like he, Stephen described as a game of telephone where people are telling legends and um, about Jin. But when they tell the legends over time, it's, it's warped into instead of one person doing it, it's like an army of ghosts doing it and them fighting these terrible instead of like the, the, the Mongols. It's like, oh, they're fighting these terrible Oni, these demons that are coming to ravage the land of Tsushima. So it's actually what they're telling is the story of Jin, but it's the story has gotten so wide and like and as he put it that. You know, it's hard to believe that one person could do this. And, and, you know, even with help from his friends, that Jin did so much that his legend has basically come so much that he's off, he's like split off into multiple people and all these, this army of ghosts that are preventing um, the Oni from taking over Tsushima. So that's kind of the, the concept behind it, as I described last week. It's a really beautiful presentation. The game modes are fun. They've got like two player co op story missions, nine of them. They've also got survival uh, on five different maps and then they've got a raid a three chapter raid which is really cool um well, i shouldn't say it's really cool because I, I haven't been able to play it but uh yeah i mean yield i definitely think that you should try the legends because okay. it is a lot of fun but as i said last week it's not going to replace any online game like for steven it's not going to replace apex legends for you it's not going to replace world of warships or rocket league it's going to be something that's going to be a diversion for a time you know maybe you want to just get all the trophies in the game to get your numbers back up to 100 percent um, so in that way, I kind of feel like it sells the game short because they have put a lot of work into legends and everything feels natural to be there. Like it's, it's fun and it's a beautiful presentation, but it's just not going to keep a lot of people's attention for a very, very long time. It's kind of like, it's not going to be a main online game for people. It's going to be kind of an offshoot. Gotcha. So, now, is it like super difficult? So it is, I mean, there's definitely, there's different tiers to everything. So there's bronze, silver, and gold. And as you go up you um the difficulty definitely kicks up so um but i will say that they they kind of like stop you from going too getting too far ahead of yourself it's not like you're gonna wander like you're in an rpg and you wander into an area where it's like oh my god you're so like everything is like level 70 and you're level 15 and you're just screwed in this you have to get your kick up your key um by playing through bronze story missions and then going through on silver and then eventually gold to get items, weapons, ghost weapons, charms, um, long like range weapons like arrows and stuff that will essentially improve your key and allow you to become stronger and better able to take on the tougher challenges. So 
uh, and, and as I explained last week, you get um, once you unlock a weapon to use, like say you're level twenty samurai and you've unlocked like a sword or a ranged weapon that has it's, it's like its key is over a hundred. You can then attach that to your hunter, your assassin, or your ronin, which are the the three other classes, and that basically kicks up your key right away. So you could have like a level like a zero a level zero ronin that has a key over a hundred if you've unlocked the, the items. So you share all those items, and you don't. You it's like not like you can only have one item um, equipped to one class. You can have the same item equipped to all four classes. Okay. So, so yeah, the classes are samurai, which are more brute force; hunter, which is more ranged; ronin, which is the healer; and then the assassin, which is more stealth. Um, I personally prefer the samurai just because I love dealing out damage. I didn't like the ronin so much because they they couldn't really. I mean, they're healers, which is nice to have, but they also couldn't deal a lot of as much damage, and I just wasn't a big fan of their their class specific items. The hunter is a lot of fun. So they you know focus on range attacks and bows. So the hunter is a lot of fun. I still think the samurai is my favorite. But the hunter is really good too. I just I'm just not a huge fan of the Ronin. I struggled on, on some of the levels to help like carry the load, just because the Ronin isn't as effective at attacking. Gotcha. So, but yeah, um, one of the trophies is to get all the classes up to level twenty. I have the samurai at level twenty one, the Ronin up to twenty. I'm at level ten with the hunter, and then the last one I have to do is the assassin, which is, is still level zero. But yeah, I mean, you'll, I would definitely dip your toes in the water if you can find the time. Like I said, I know you've got a lot of solo campaigns to do and a lot of story-based games to go through, and like yeah. you've got to play through Just Cause 3 another time. And so, open-world games, and I've got, oh, what, four, five games from last year that I finished and haven't gone back to play through again to get the Platinum, so Yeah. So while I haven't had a lot of trouble finding help in these, like doing like with the help of matchmaking, you know, especially if you're doing quick play for the story and the survival mode, you you can find people to play with pretty easily. But I will tell you that if I had to guess, this community is one of those ones where you're going to see, you know, people invested in it for, for a few months, maybe half a year. But at some point, I feel like this community is going to completely wash out. So if you want to play it and you want to get some of those trophies, you might want to get that on that ASAP. Gotcha. Um, and I was actually to play, so I was able to finish one thing, one round of survival. My, the very first time I played survival, we actually beat the gold ranking on it, me and my team of uh, three other teammates who were just randoms through matchmaking. But we got through all 25 waves on gold. And yeah, it was it was a, a great feeling. I'm not a huge fan of survival. It's very frantic. But what basically what it does is you're on a map and there are at least like, uh, I think there were three points of interest that we had to hold. But yet you're running from point to point to point as the enemies come and attack you. And at first, like it was like that frantic pace was just really off putting. I was kind of like, man, I really wish it was just one point to defend. And I had, we just had a rush of enemies and it was just like, I have to focus on this one point to defend because like everything else, it's like you're throwing, you're, you're throwing my attention all over the place. And I just kind of want to focus on this, this one, like say like kind of like King of the Hill, like me and my group, we, we stand in this one fortified area and we defend it from there. So they do force you to run around a lot. And if you do lose a certain, area then it takes away from your overall health and that's thing that's the thing i didn't like uh, one of the other things i didn't like is that if you lose one specific point like if they take it over uh which is done by just basically if you let an enemies sit in that um that that stronghold for some amount of time they take it over so it cuts down the amount of health you have if you lose two points you basically go down to half health which obviously in goshishima you can lose pretty easily if you've only got half health but every five rounds is a boss wave 
And uh, after you beat the boss wave, you regain control of all the areas. So even if you've lost two of the areas in the previous rounds, you gain them back and your health back at the end of the five rounds and the end of the boss wave. So it is frantic. It's very action-packed. It does take cooperation. It It is fun, but it very at the very beginning, like having to control so many points and having that tied to my health, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I would, If I'm playing a survival mode, I would rather just have essentially one area to defend and not have to like disperse our forces out there because obviously you know if one of your teammates dies then you you fail the survival so what you have to do is you always have to be where your teammates are which was where like communication comes in big you always have to be where you know make sure that you can get to a teammate fast enough if they die so yeah so you can save them so the fact that we had to run around so much like i got the trophy for beating a survival on gold and honestly, I don't really want to play survival again just because there was just so much to do. And like, I mean, obviously you're fighting strong enemies, so the need to hold all these strong points is not really something I want to do. I Like I said, I want to have one fortified area and just go at it from that. But um, yeah, I mean, if you if you just want a frantic experience and uh, the whole that teamwork feel that you don't get from the two-player story modes, you know, working with four people to do survival, uh, it's if it, you know... Oh, hold on, I lost my... There. So with the survival for me, like I wasn't keen on the, the the aspect of having to defend multiple strongholds and then having that tied to your health. I would rather just defend one fortified area and go from there. Uh, but you know, I, I would say everyone give it a try. Maybe it's not my cup of tea, but it'd be somebody else's. And then I tried to get into the raids, which is the last aspect of the legends mode that I haven't been able to try yet. And that is the one where it's like, hey, your recommended key level is 110. I, uh, after playing for about two weeks and getting two classes to level 20 and having um, completed almost all of the story missions on gold, I'm at level, I think my key is 104. So when you can matchmake in the raids, um, it's a three-part story within the raids and it continues the story from the two-player co-op story missions. And you know, whenever it was really difficult to read, I didn't get to try it because anytime I tried to matchmake, you know, you would have someone come in with 101 key and I was at 104 and then you had someone at 106 and someone at 110. Anybody who, like, I guess if he, people saw that the, their party wasn't at a high enough key, they would just exit out. But I couldn't even start a match because within matchmaking, people would just jump in and then they wouldn't ready up. They would just quit out because I guess they saw like someone uh, was lower than, you know, preferred key and they were just like all right well i'm getting out of here and i don't think i don't know if the player base for this is is kind of like big enough for me to actually find a group to play with just based on my my one experience with the matchmaking so it it doesn't make me necessarily hopeful that i'll be able to do the raid and get that last trophy the gold trophy the transcendence trophy for beating all three chapters of the raid uh, but i'll try again but yeah that was one my biggest frustration so far was not being able to actually get a party together through matchmaking to do the raid because people would join and then I guess they would see that people were only a certain level and then be like, all right, well, I'm getting out of here. So do you, so for matchmaking, do you have to, can you invite people in or do you have to do it matchmaking? You can invite people. Originally they did not have matchmaking for the raid because they wanted you to get together with people and plan everything out and have a strategy, which I mean, obviously with you, the recommended key being so high, it's like, this is the hardest part of the game is getting through the raid is, which is why people have to be, the strongest they can be after going through stories and survivals and stuff. So you initially they, my, what I had read was they initially, they launched it without matchmaking. And then once I guess people had too much trouble 
getting you know into the raids they introduce matchmaking into it so you could form a party through matchmaking but you don't have to you can invite people my issue is is that i mean there's not enough people that it, that i know that have ghost Shima that have dabbled in legends for me to actually do that well the other thing i was gonna say is maybe you could try uh some of the websites you know well, I mean, yeah, they, 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 they might have forums or PSN profiles and be like, you know, hey, looking for a group to go through this. I mean, and definitely maybe, that's the idea. I would assume that Sony has a website for Ghost Shima, and I'm assuming there's forums there where you could probably find people to help you. But I don't know. That's more effort than I would ever really put in. And, and one of the things I told Stephen and Levi last week was that, you know, you have to do a little bit of farming in the story missions. And there's only nine of them, so you have to play the same stories over and over again in order to be able to access survival and in order to access the raid and i feel like that's one of the weakest parts about online is that i want more like ready access to those things you know i played through ghost shishima i i've worked on my parrying and everything and my attacking and i know i'm familiar with the ghost weapons so i would want them to open it up a little more instead of me having to you know kind of grind through certain aspects of it in order to access later on down the road these other things so I mean, I know their strategy is like, hey, we want you guys to get familiar with this and get comfortable with the combat system before we let you loose. But again, like kind of like putting up a big brick wall in front of some things and forcing you just to play the stories over and over again isn't the most fun aspect. And I wish they kind of would open it up a little bit more. I probably haven't sold you that much on Legend Shield, but I mean, the presentation's beautiful and it is fun. It's the Ghost of Tsushima gameplay, just co-op and then, you know, in raid style and survival style matches with you know, three other people and, you know, for a four person team. So I think you would have a lot of fun with it, but again, I, I don't think it's, it's going to be, you're going to have a short, like a short, like, like it's almost like a, uh, say like a jacuzzi, like you jump in and then 20 minutes later, you know, it's like, well, this is, this doesn't feel that great anymore. Maybe I'll go jump in the pool to get cold and then get right back in the hot tub. Cause you know, then it feels really good again. Or maybe I'll just leave the hot tub altogether because I've spent my 20 minutes in here and I'm just kind of done with it. And I'll go back to other things. Gotcha. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Like I said, once I wrap up Legends, which should be in the next week, week and a half, I would think, I'm going to jump into Concrete Genie, and hopefully, you know, it's, like I said, really cool looking game uh, as far as the art style goes, the aesthetics go, so hopefully the, the gameplay can match it, and I can have good things to say about that and recommend it to everybody. I'm hoping. I, I was... It was one of them games that, like, I wasn't sold on, but it still looked like it would be fun to play. I think what what I kind of made me avoid it in the first place was the fact that it was kind of tied to VR. And that if I see anything like, oh, hey, VR, I'm kind of like, hmm. I don't know. Well, Eel, did you have a chance to look at your PlayStation wrap-up for 2020? I did. So if you don't know, um, there is a page. Um, let's see, it's uh, wrap-up all one word, .playstation.com, which will basically summarize statistics for your PlayStation Play in year 2020, whether it's on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. I only played on the 4 because I obviously don't own a 5, so I just have my the, the four stats for my 4, but I'm assuming if you have a 4 and a 5, they probably break it up somewhat to delineate how much you played on each each console. Um, but yeah, you can you can access this. Um, I'll see. And you get a free theme. Yeah, you do get a free theme. So you can access it on the PlayStation website. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of interesting just to kind of look at our play for the last year and see okay. how everything went. Just And it sucks that Tricky isn't here because um, 
he could, you know, obviously that gives us even more to compare to and talk about. Well, um, hold on here. But if you, if uh, so you the first category me, is a uh, number of games. Give me a second. I'll drag it. I'll, I'll pull it up. Cause I, cause I know he posted it in Facebook. I just found mine. Let me find his. All right. Well, while you're doing that yield, I'm going to summarize mine here real quick. Okay. All right. So the number of games played in 2020 for me was 13. Uh, Obviously, one of the things that kind of cannibalizes that was the fact that I also own a Switch, so I, I play quite a few games on the Switch. Uh, but my top games were Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, which was 219 hours, which is amazing because most of the content for that game came out in 2019. The game actually was released in 2019, so only the last few Grand Prix came out last year, so the fact that I still play that game that much is pretty incredible. Rocket League at 127 hours was number two, and then Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, at 117 hours. Didn't even get the platinum in that game, and I paid for 117 hours. Holy cow! Uh, driving slash racing was 346 hours. That was my top genre. And, uh, of course, me playing Crash Team Racing in Rocket League, that kind of explains that. Hours of gameplay in 2020, it's 808 for me. Hours played locally, 753, which is 93% of my play. Hours played online, 55 hours which is seven percent of my play obviously the rocket league thursday night streams that twitch streams that has a huge effect on that days played in 2020 229 top day of the week was sunday evenings saturday was my second most played day and then trophy total trophies earned in 2020 183 with the breakdown being five platinums 19 gold 46 silver and 113 bronze uh, as far as PlayStation Plus goes, I number of monthly PlayStation Plus games downloaded was one all of last year, which I've already doubled up on this year by downloading Concrete Genie Control. Top game played online, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. Hours played online, 28. And, uh, yeah, that is the end of my summary. So, um, I think we'll find that my, again, because I also play on Nintendo Switch and uh, Pokemon Shield with its DLC packs coming out last year, the Crown Tundra and the Isle of Armor, took a you know a significant chunk of my time away from the playstation um but also generally there wasn't really like a ton aside from ghost of Tsushima and the last of us part two that really came out as far as like sony's first party studios that really interested me last year so yeah i think that yeah, i mean that just kind of speaks if there were if there were more to play on the playstation i probably would have spent more time but you know with those two big first party games and then the remnants of crash as it kind of fumed out and then just continue my my uh the reemergence of my interest um, in Rocket League with the, the game going free-to-play and then getting the Rocket Pass and playing on Thursday night with the guys. like That's kind of what most of my play on PlayStation was. Yield, what did you, you find your numbers told you? Okay, so here we go. I, I, I moved it to the big screen. So, come on, computer. Here we go. I played 42 games last year, which seems actually kind of low, but... That's, that's more games. than triple. That's more than triple to what I played, sir. So, uh, top game, no big surprise. World of Warship Legends at five hundred and fifty-four hours. Next is Rocket League at one thirteen, which makes sense because those first two seasons after free to play, we did spend a lot of time in Rocket League. I'm surprised and that then, I have, have fourteen hours more of you than you do in Rocket League. And then uh, Ghost of Tsushima at sixty-one hours. My top uh, uh, genre was RPG, which, unless Ghost of Tsushima was considered RPG, that kind of 
surprises me uh, at 559 hours. Well, it's, it's like Homer, his top genre was FPS, but yet the, his most game that was played by far was Stardew Valley, which last time I checked is not an FPS. Yeah. So for uh, for a total gameplay hours of 1,688, locally, that was 1,654 of those hours because as all of you who listen to the show know, I am a single player campaigner. Uh, 34 hours was spent online, so that's 2%. So that's between Rocket League and I, I would say World of Warships because most of the time I play standard, which is PvP. So uh, days played in 2020 was 341. Didn't realize I was close to playing every day of the year. Top even top day was Sunday evenings, with my second being Saturday. Uh, well, I mean, which makes turn. sense because that's the weekend. So I think that, that's the weekend. Yeah, so unless you was, work like a, a schedule on the weekend where you're at work and you have a couple off days during the week, you're probably going to have the weekend being your heaviest played days. Yeah. Well, actually, Friday's my least, so I must watch TV on Friday or just chill out on the internet. But yeah, Saturday and Sunday are my gaming days. Uh, for a total trophy count of 947, 20 platinums, 92 gold, 222 silver, and 613 bronze. Well, also part of the catalyst for that was you and Homer were in competition last year, and you also joined the Be Legit as well. We, yeah, we did, and it also helped that I had seven weeks of lockdown. So I just played video games. Which makes sense because I work at Whole Foods and we're considered essential workers, so I took pretty much no... I think the only day that I asked off for work, I was at work, I never called out, and the only day that I asked off for work after our trip to Disney World in January of last year was one day in December when I had to take Ashley to uh, a dental like dental surgery appointment, so I had to drive her home too. Yeah, so I... Th- that that helped out greatly. We'll, we'll see how well these numbers are next year. Um, PlayStation Plus doesn't show. It just shows the whole list of everything. It doesn't say the number of monthly PS Plus games downloaded? No, it doesn't. Not for me, at least. I mean, I know I downloaded quite a few. It, it's got stuff side-scrolling back and forth. Yeah, it should Dirt be between rally. that and the PlayStation Plus sign. Nope. He didn't pull that up for me. Last, all it says is, I yield to no one PlayStation Plus. Okay. Uh, did you, were you able to find Trickies? I did. So, Trickies. Where'd it go? There it is. 86 games played last year. Which tops both of us. He, only, he which, was getting close to doubling you. He, he was, which... It's surprisingly because I beat him in the important category. It's not, it's not really surprising yield because, quite frankly, we know the Tricky hops from game to game so whereas you and true. i are more completionist he's kind of like a buffet style where he's going to grab a little bit of everything yeah a little bit of everything uh division two top game of last year for him not a surprise at 826 hours next rolls in he Assassin's played the Creed. division more last year than i played hours of video games because i played 808 last year <laughs> assassin creed odyssey number two at 121 followed closely by marvel's avengers at 117. RPG, his top genre, 957 hours. 
for a grand total for 2020 of 2,683. 2,380 of those was local, which is 89%. 303 hours online, which was 11%, and a whopping one hour in VR. He's the only one of us that has a VR. Days played for 311 days. His top night, or his top day is Sunday night, followed by Thursday. Total number of trophies, 736. Yeah, you beat, him for to you beat him for total trophies. I beat him for total trophies. I'm kind of proud of that, because he always likes to rub it in that he's got more trophies than all of us. Which he played for twice a, as much as you did last year. He, he did. And so, see, I go for quality, not quantity. Wait, you, do anyway. you remember what your number was, your total hours played? Okay, hold on here. Let me scroll. I can scroll back up. My total, let's see that, days. It's 1,688. And the trickies to... were... 2,683. Okay, so he had you about, he had you about it by a thousand hours. Yeah. So he had, like I said, 700, 736 trophies to my 947. I had well over 200 more trophies than he did. What was the breakdown of his trophies? 18 platinums, 120 gold, 221 silver, 377 bronze. And then does it have the stats for the PlayStation Plus? Uh, well, he's got his PlayStation 5 stats. Oh, uh, oh go ahead. Because like I said, yeah, I guess they, it broke it down between the 4 and the 5. It did. Uh, his top PlayStation 5 game was Spider-Man Remastered at 41 hours. Uh, he's had a total of 53 PlayStation 5 gameplay hours for 190 PlayStation 5 trophies. And then that's it. His uh, PlayStation Plus scroll is like mine. There's just a whole bunch of games and it just shuffles back and forth. So oh. he probably just downloaded a whole bunch like I did. Okay, so what we learned is Tricky played the most. He played the most games, but Yield earned the most trophies, and I played the least. Well, but we knew that. You, you, you even said coming into the year that you were going to kind of take a break. Yeah. And like I said, I, I was playing last year. I played super Mario Odyssey. I was playing Pokemon shield. I played quite a bit of super smash brothers. And I think last year was also when I played Donkey Kong country tropical freeze. So, I mean, I was playing a lot of switch games and Oh, also Mario Kart eight deluxe on the switch. So yeah, I mean a fair amount of my time was focused on the switch. And also I play a lot of Pokemon go. I pretty much play Pokemon go every day. So you factor in community days and stuff like that. So I still love PlayStation, but yeah, that definitely did eat into my time. Who knows if I, if we had add those numbers in, maybe they would be closer to tricky. Well, maybe not closer to tricky because I remember, uh, try to find the exact quote, but, uh, yeah, when tricky posted his leave, I was like, how the fuck did you manage to play that many hours this year? <laughs> I saw that. So tricky's just magic. Well, you know, that, that, that portable PlayStation he has. Oh, yeah. The, his work PlayStation, when he... he his his work. The taxpayers of New York, the good people of New York, are paying him to play PlayStation while he sits in a truck or sits at the division and just kind of waits to for a call. Ah, the good old days. So, Yield, you, me, and Tricky, we all... We have a love for PlayStation. We've all 
have a great respect for you know the company and what the, their video game arm does because obviously you know we just spent a ton of hours, hundreds and even in this case thousands of hours playing the PlayStation last year. Another company that has always shown Sony the love has been From Software. This new story is in regards to uh, a more official relationship between Sony and From Software because as we know, From Software, a lot of their games, including Bloodborne and the remastered version of Demon Souls, have been exclusive to the PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Plus, the PlayStation family of consoles. This article comes from VGC under the news section, posted by Andy Robinson. Uh, Kadokawa Corporation, the parent company of Bloodborne and Dark Souls Studio software, from software, has formed a capital alliance with Sony, it announced on Wednesday. The Japanese media conglomerate, which also owns manga, publishing, and film companies, said in its latest financial reports that it has given Sony a 1.93% ownership as part of the financial deal. So essentially, this deal was between the parent company of From Software and Sony. And while you know, one point nine three percent stake in a company isn't a huge amount, this is a partnership that further brings to light the fact that Sony has a really good relationship with From Software, which in the future can only mean good things. Now, Sony obviously cannot purchase From Software as an independent company because From Software is already part of a parent company. But, you know, even if Sony doesn't outright, outright buy from software, the having uh, this close relationship that they do and fo- that they do and then fostering that um, further through this deal, like I think is a really, really good thing. Um, I read in because I, I first saw this on uh, GameSpot where they had kind of talked about that this potentially would help Sony more into a foray for anime as Sony purchased Crunchyroll previously. So um, multiple aspects here for Sony, not just the fact that, hey, we get tied closer to the, the developers of Bloodborne, but I think any way that they can foster that relationship with From Software, which if you think From Software just does the Soulsborne's games, they've been around since 1994. I, you know, I would encourage you to go look at their, uh, not their discography, but their bio of work, because their body of work is really impressive, and they've done a lot of games that basically you probably wouldn't have thought of came from them, so... Yield, do you have any, any, I know that you don't typically play into from software games, but how do you look at this? Like, even if it's not like a, hey, we outright purchased you, what do you think of like something like this? Is it newsworthy? Does it make sense for Sony to get into this kind of deal? Uh, I think so. I mean, for a company that, that a lot of uh, gamers love, especially from Sony, I, I think, you know, owning part of it, can help Sony, you know, they can get some of the Sony money, and Sony is probably more wanting to put their games on the forefront because, you know, they own a share in it. So as From Software does does good, Sony does good. So I I think it's kind of a win-win for both of them. And, you know... The fact that's amazing thing about From Software is, despite the fact that their games, at least in the last decade or so, have been known for being hard as balls, people love them, and you know their their games get a ton of respect. And there's a lot of lo- it's not like they're like uh, there's like a cult love for From Software. From Software is a very popular development company within the video game industry, and you know we mentioned Bloodborne and like there's Demon Souls and Dark Souls, but Shad- Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice is probably their most critically acclaimed game, as it won. You know, numerous Game of the Year awards a couple years ago, and actually, I think at the Video Game Awards, won Game of the Year in 2019. And I hear that game is hard as balls. And then, I mean, you go back and look at their body of work. It's like Armored Core, the Armored Core games, the Tenchu games. Like, there's a ton in there. So, yeah, like actually, just going through their products on their website, 
like seeing everything they've made and done it like it it takes it takes me back like a trip down memory lane but it's just impressive everything they've managed to do and fit in since 1994 i mean that's 26 years ago yes but their body of work is extremely impressive so again you know 1.93% you know of a stake in a parent company of from software may not sound that impressive but i think anything sony can do to further you know um just uh, to facilitate a better relationship and just keep that strong relationship going with From Software is is a good thing. Uh, on the surface, this next story doesn't necessarily sound like a plus for Sony, but you know we know how video game launches work. Typically, what do you do unless well unless you're the Nintendo Switch, you sell your video game console at a loss, hoping to make it up in other ways. Typically, you know, in historically, it has been through software sales. However, uh, in a story on GameSpot.com, and this is based on uh, Sony's latest um, financial reports, PS5, the headline is PS5 is being sold at a loss, Sony confirms, and that's not usual, unusual for cause or alarm. So if you want to go read uh, this article, uh, it's being, it's, it was done by Eddie Makich, and uh, yeah, so that's the title you can look for on GameSpot. Uh, Sony's next generation console isn't making money right now, but the company has, just, has covered its losses with game and subscription revenue. So... Essentially, it's not just a revenue that they're, you know, getting from like say Goshishima or The Last of Us, their first party games. PlayStation Plus is also playing a role, and PlayStation Now as well. So the fact that there's now a three, like a multi pronged effort there to make up for the losses in the console, definitely gives people a little bit more freedom to, you know, give us a price break on the console. Like basically focus on the technology in there. And if the price is a little bit, if they have to take a little bit of loss, it's good to know that they can make up now in multiple ways instead of just saying, okay, we got to make it up on games. Even though games is obviously the driving force behind something like PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. Let me see. Let me find another uh, quote here. All, all I want to put in on this is Alex was right. And Tricky was wrong. How? What was I right about? You were right that you would say that no matter what the price point, you know, unless the price point was way high, that when, when we were discussing price points for the 5, you would say Sony would take a loss on the console. And Tricky was kind of more, if I remember right, was more of the, no, they're, no they won't. You know, typically they do, but he didn't think they would on the 5. Or I could be wrong on, on him being wrong. But I do specifically remember you were going... They're going to sell this console for a loss. There's no way you can sell what they're packing into the 5 and the X and make a profit out of it. You're going to make it in your game sales and other ways. So, And I should note that, uh, and they specify this in the article, that there's not really a breakdown for play, for the digital version or the disc version, disc version of the console. Uh, you would assume that since they're just generalizing, it's, hey, both versions are being sold at a loss. Uh, a quote from the article... Although Sony sustained losses on PS5 hardware, the gains in revenue that the company posted for software and network services, which were booming, were enough to offset the losses, according to industry analyst Daniel Ahmad. Ahmad also reminded people that the PlayStation 4 2 was sold at a loss, and we know, and this is me here, um, so, and we also know that the PlayStation 3 was originally sold at a loss because of the whole like Blu-ray thing, like uh, them including Blu-ray, that, you know, that obviously kicked up the cost of making the PlayStation 5 the, the manufacturing cost. And it also, you know, caused that really slow start that the PlayStation 3 hardware had because it was so expensive, uh, especially that $600 model. 
Um, uh, back to the quote, uh, and I guess I'll just start to read it over again since I, I had that little insertion there. Uh, Ahmad also reminded people that the PlayStation 4 2 was sold at a loss when it originally launched back in 2013. It took a few months before Sony was able to make a profitable drive, profit, profit driving machine. Ahmad also reminded people that the current generation Xbox consoles, it's the same for them, that um, they are often sold at a loss to their platform holders. So. Uh, and uh, as I, I made a comment about the Switch, that is essentially, um, of the three companies, that's the only thing where the company came out and said, in this case Nintendo, that they would be profitable on the hardware from the start when selling the Switch. Well, and that's because, as, as we've always said, Nintendo has never really been, not since Sony and Microsoft came into the gaming industry, Nintendo hasn't been a... A hardware company, so to speak, they've been more software. They've been, granted, it's it's their Pokemon, Mario, and Zelda, but that's their bread and butter. Now, I'm not saying Sony and Microsoft doesn't, but they make a powerful console and then let the game developers work with that, whereas Nintendo, you know... I don't want to say scale back. I don't know what word I'm looking for. Well, I mean, but the thing, the thing. The, the, oh, go ahead, Yield. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, because I'm, I'm kind of stuck at where I want to go with it next. Well, the amazing thing is, I read that over the weekend that Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales, had sold over 4.1 million units in 2020. I mean, it being a launch console, or a game, a launch game for the console for the PS5 is definitely going to bring a lot of attention to it. And you, know, those are impressive sales. But when you look at like that compared to like Nintendo's game sales. For like Animal Crossing and Mario Kart, Delu- Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, and all these other games, like typically, like the Nintendo, like it seems like since the Wii, a lot of these bigger like Nintendo games, like Mario Kart, they sell you know the Mario like the standard Mario game like Super Mario Odyssey, they sell over like twenty million copies of the game, which granted, um, that Nintendo doesn't really have as strong third party sales as PlayStation and Microsoft do, so they do have to rely on those first party games quite a bit more. But it's just it's crazy to think that. Micro or Nintendo's games, their first party games sell so much more than Miles Morales. And here you have a game like Miles Morales where so much production goes into it and it's such a high quality game. And then it's like, and, and granted, you know, this is, you know, over the last couple months of 2020, so it's going to grow in sales as time goes on as more people get fives. But it's just, you know, typically when you hear like the sales of a PlayStation game, they're nowhere, no matter how good the production values are, they're nowhere near the top sellers on the Switch. And that's always just kind of a, a really weird thing to me, but then again, you know, you look at the um, uh, overall sales for their their third parties, and there's just it's it they can't match Sony as far as what's selling third party on the consoles. And I think I even saw that um, I got to look at the time period, but Sony shifted here. I'm gonna before I get into that, I'm just gonna um, let's see here. Well, to continue oh, I was gonna say, for, uh, okay, in this. Go ahead. Uh, uh, the title of the IGN article by Adam Bankhurst is PS5 shipped 4.5 million units in 2020, matches PS4's launch. Uh, in the article, it denotes that during that last quarter of 2020, um, first-party titles accounted for 18.4 million of total game sales. Year-on-year total game sales and first-party game sales are up from 8.83.3 million and 16.3 million, uh, respectively. So... Uh, the total uh, between the PS4 and PS5, the sales of games reached 1.37 million, and of that, 
18.4 million were um, first-party games. So not not quite one-fifth. Which, I mean, like you say, uh, in a quarter, you know, all first-party sales for Sony games are 18.4 million, which gives you even more respect for how much some of the Nintendo games sales, because good God, how many copies can Animal Crossing New Horizons and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sell? Uh, you would think not very many, but they sell a lot. Uh, in the last little bit that I want to, and this is actually the the last news topic we have here, uh, from the same article by Adam Bankers, I really didn't want to focus on the financial aspect so much, but more the PlayStation 4, or the PlayStation Plus impact that uh, users have had for Sony, and this goes to the fact that they are generating uh, a lot of revenue from their services and their, their, their subscription services, so this is kind of what's helping Sony overcome the losses in their hardware. Uh, PlayStation Plus, and this is a quote, PlayStation Plus saw its subscriber count reach 47.4 million, and there were 114 million monthly active users on the PlayStation Network in the quarter. Furthermore, 87% of PlayStation 5 users are subscribers to PlayStation Plus. Yield, was it the PlayStation 4 when Sony started that thing where it said, hey, if you want to play online games, you got to have the PlayStation Plus? I believe it was. Okay. So, I mean, that's huge. The fact. Well, sorry. They didn't say you had to be a PlayStation Plus member, they, Sony still... Well, to play online multiplayer, you had to have Well, Sony's stance is that it's up to the developer whether or not you need Plus to play online, because there are some games that don't require you to be a Plus member. The vast majority do. And all of Sony's owned games, you have to be a PlayStation Plus member. I'm pretty sure, yeah. But, I mean, that is, that is a huge... Thing. Well, I would assume that's so because Sony's like, hey, you're part of our, we're your parent company. We want you to help support this PlayStation Plus service we have. Please make sure that people have to have, which, you know, can explain why games like Uncharted and The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima all have multiplayer. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're going to give you this incentive to play online, which gives you another reason to buy PlayStation Plus. Um, but I mean, so many years after PlayStation Plus has come out, you know, 87% of PlayStation 5 users um, are PlayStation Plus uh, owners or they, they subscribe to the service. It is amazing that, you know, I feel like when PlayStation Plus first came out, like a lot of people were like, I'm not sure of this. I don't know if this is a good deal. Years I later, was one of them. Yeah. And years later, I think that, I mean, I guarantee that you've changed your tune because oh, yeah. the free games that we get, I mean, this month, February is a great month for games. Um, they're, they're not all winners granted you know i i only downloaded loaded one game all of last year which you know can kind of speak to the fact that you know hey uh, not every game is going to be for you but with the cloud saves and the discounts on games which they're having sales monthly even like weekly on oh, playstation it's, plus it's the sales alone that makes plus worth it at, at first don't get me wrong at first i was like ooh, look at this really awesome game Ooh, look at this really awesome game but when you really get down to it it was, at first, what drew me into it, it was the sale on the DLC. And sometimes they would give you freebie stuff because you were a plus. They've gone away from all, all of that. I mean, you still get deals on your, your DLC stuff. But the bread and bones of PlayStation Plus now is what your freebie games and the deals that you get on top of the deals that are going on. Yeah, and well, for me, just like the the free games on PlayStation Plus every month, like I said, I may not download them every month, but hell, a month where I 
get two games like Control and Concrete Genie. You know, Concrete Genie with that aesthetic style that I really like, and then Control, which is actually a game that inter- interested me from the start. I just never pulled the trigger. Hell, I get to jump in for free now. And you know, Ashley, she said that she wants been wanting to play that game. So the fact that you get your choice of whether to play it on the four or the five, you get both versions. Um, the fact that I've gotten two games out of this month alone is like, hey, that's 120 bucks generally right there. That's, I mean, that that pays for itself right there because you know that's even just one game, one free game covers the cost of PlayStation. Plus, and then you've got, like, I, I will say this, I would pay for PlayStation Plus alone just for cloud saves because you lose one, like, one important save file or, you know, many important save files on a console that just dies on you, which happened to me on the 3, and I really wish I had my Vanquish save file so I could at least, you know, give a, the tactical challenges another go, but you lose that save data just once, and it just, it's it hurts. It hurts real bad. I still feel that. So the fact that like cloud saves allow me to protect my save data and I can upload them whenever I want, like that's gold for me. I would buy PlayStation Plus just for that. But I mean, yield specifically, like, um, I'm glad to hear you've changed your your tune on on PlayStation Plus and you now see the value. Do, have you been subscribed pretty much for the? Um, I think it was. I if I know I wasn't so it was a year and a half in maybe two years tops. Before I finally started joining. Let's see. Let me see if I can look up when PlayStation Plus was introduced. So, and I forget how long. I think I'm good through 24. Uh, the launch date of PlayStation Plus was June 29th of 2010. So we're talking about something that's, at, at this point, you know, going on 11 years old and you'll, I mean, even if you say, if you, even if you're right and you say a year and a half in, you've been a constant subscriber for pretty much almost a decade now. And same here, like whenever I see a deal on PlayStation Plus, I automatically get it. And I'm subscribed, I think, until 2023. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's automatic that I just re-up every year. Like it's such a good deal to me that I don't even consider. It's like, well, maybe I'll save the money this year. It, it was really good of Sony early on that you were able to stack your subscription. Well, that you still can. Well, I know, but I mean, so, some people don't do that. And Sony's always allowed you to be like, you know, cause for a while they were doing the deals, you know, pay for fifth, pay for a year and get 15 months, you know? So you would sit there and I, for several years I was doing that. You know, okay, well, I'll buy a year. I get three months for free, in essence. So, you know, so you stack it that way. And then they turn around and they offer, you know, you can get, you know, so they've upped it to 60 now. If you if you watch closely throughout the year, you can find places that, hey, Plus is on sale for 30 bucks. Yeah, and, okay. and not, not just for so, Black Friday, but, you know, and no. sometimes, I mean, Sony always runs a deal, I think, during Black Friday, but it's like, hey, get $10.00. Or so much percentage off of PlayStation Plus. Yeah, but I mean, if you pay attention around the web, you can pick it up for thirty. So okay, so you just buy two years for sixty, throw it on there, and now you're good, and you just keep stacking. And like I said, I think I'm good through twenty twenty four. So it's awesome. It is indeed. Now you'll depend on how long you've played on the PlayStation. You may have gotten your video game news, reviews, and previews from a certain show that we like to call X Play. Now you'll give you a heads up. I did talk with this, um, talk about this with Stephen and Levi last week. I just kind of want to get your opinion on it too, since you weren't here. So G Four has okay. confirmed through its Twitter account that 
Attack of the Show next player coming back this summer. Uh, and generally, just I wanted to ask, you know, do you have any fond memories of X Play or Attack of the Show, and do you plan on watching them? Actually, I I've heard of Attack of the Show, but I have no recollection of either. Really, I thought you for sure you would have played, watched X Play. No. Okay, because I because honestly, I think that they came out with new episodes of X Play on Friday nights. And I was staying with my dad on Friday nights, so, like, when I was younger, when I was still in high school, like, I would, you know, we would get some pizza, and I would sit there and watch X-Play, like, every Friday, which was really cool. And, like, you know, I'd had Dreamcast over there, so I'd play the Dreamcast. Um, but, yeah, like, this X-Play, like, growing up, and, and especially in high school, like, X-Play was a huge part of my, my gaming experience. And I even uh, watched it pretty much was my default E3 coverage every year that, uh, that I was uh, a big fan of x-play whenever a g4 would do e3 coverage that was kind of like where i would go to but i'm shocked that you never really watched g4 tv no never have because you, you i mean you and i are around the same age so you figure that it'd be in your wheelhouse for when you were growing up as a, as a teenager yield well we really didn't have the internet so i i just kind of got my gaming news from uh nintendo power and kind of word of mouth I was going to say Nintendo Power. How long did you have a Nintendo Power subscription? Oh, I, I forget when we quit getting one, but I had it for a while. I'm more shocked that Nintendo Power is still around because X-Play was the like the 2000s, the early 2000s, and then I think it went off the air in 2013, but I'm, I think it started in 98 and then went until 2013, but yield, I'm shocked that, that Nintendo Power was still a thing because I remember, I mean, Nintendo Power, the heyday was in the 90s especially around the time of, you know, when you needed a magazine to help you through games, especially during, like, the, the Super Nintendo era. But, yeah. Blowing mind here, sir. The Nintendo Power, people were still getting into Nintendo Power in the thousands, and then, yeah. I, I would have just bet money that you would have watched X-Play growing up. Yeah, nope, sorry. Well, that kind of puts a damper on the, on that, but one thing we can do to lift our spirits is answer some social media questions and unfortunately because tricky isn't here and doesn't have his mixer or i don't have access to his mixer we can't do yields favorites part of the show which was you know the the lion king check my social media thing but you, you're gonna be you're gonna be able to power through it yield you you got the strength yeah to do it I, I, show. I i i i think i can do it all right so this week we have three questions from homer and yield how about i read one you read one then i'll read the third one all right sounds good all right uh his first question if you had to stare or share an ele- stare, if you had to stare in an elevator at somebody else, uh, if you had to share an elevator ride with one video game protagonist, who would it be and why? Oh, first, man. first, I'll get to the the comments. Uh, Kalai says Jeff. Fuck Jeff. I, I don't know what deal. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that's a reference? No, to? I don't know what that is either. Apparently, uh, it has to be. It's, it's, it's well, some well, Levi said Levi game, laughed but... and then said, uh, "Now that you've played Alex." Would you consider it the game of the year, game of the year 2020 for you personally? It was definitely in my top three, if not game of the year. Kali says, yeah, it's pretty darn good. That has to be a reference to Half-Life, Half-Life Alex, um, especially since Levi spelled Alex A-L-Y-X. Uh, Kal- or Levi said, agreed for me, it is tied with Wasteland 3, but I didn't get to play Ghost of Shima and folks rave about it. Yes, they do, Levi. Yes, they do. Yes. I would also include Black Mesa if it's truly considered a 2020 Half-Life remaster. Uh, but yield your question to your brother's query. Uh, I think I would have to say Sullivan from Uncharted. 
I mean, can can you think of the stories? You yield your reason is like the exact same as mine, but not necessarily like same same franchise, but not the same character. I would say Nate. Because one, I would think that Nate would be more garrulous and more like amiable and friendly and warm than Sully. So I, my my reason was Nate would have a ton of great stories to tell. Because like, what am I going to share uh, an elevator with Crash Bandicoot? Where, let's be honest, Crash Bandicoot, I've never seen him take a shower, so he probably smells and he's just going to have that goofy look on his face and probably stare at me and maybe try to hug <laughs> me or spin me to death. So I would have to go with you know uh, Nate Nathan Drake because just all of the great stories they could tell. I mean, granted, he probably couldn't tell a ton of them during the elevator ride. But yeah, if I ever got a stuck in an elevator with somebody, it'd probably a uh, video game character at least it'd probably have to be Nathan Drake because there's just a wealth of information he could share. Exactly, it's like so, like a human, like an, an atlas in human being form. Yes, Nate, tell me about Atlantis. You got uh, what? I got the next, next question? one. So his next question: If you could swap places with one video game antagonist, who would it be, and why? You know, some people might say that I have a cop out answer. So I don't really like to be evil. Like when it came to Infamous, like I only played as Evil Cole to play through the second time and on the harder difficulty. And basically, because you're evil, you don't have to give a shit about anybody. You can just throw your powers around willy nilly. So that made it easier to get through on hard. So I wouldn't have played on Evil Cole if not for that. I just I default to good, um, just my personality. But if I had to answer this question, I would say that I would like to be the Panda King from Sly Cooper because Panda King is a badass. He can fight, he can fuck you up the fireworks, but eventually, yes, Panda King, if you played Sly Cooper 3, Honor Among Thieves, Panda King does eventually bury the hatchet with, with Sly, and he becomes a good guy and helps you out, so um, him being not, not only a badass in general, uh, this big, huge, hulking badass, but the fact that he you know is evil but then turns good, uh, there's something great about the redemption story in there, so I would say the Panda King for me. I really don't know if there is a antagonist i would switch places with um you know i almost thought about kessler from infamous just because of like that whole story she got going on i i i thought about that because ultimately you know if if you go as kessler as a bad guy you are also still the good guy because spoiler if you haven't played through infamous uh Kessler's future Cole, or I guess, Cole, yeah, Cole from the future. Yeah, Cole from the future. So, I mean, I guess that one, I kind of thought about Bowser, just because Bowser's cool, but I wouldn't really have a good reason why other than But would you would, would cool. you want to get, like, rejected by Peach over and over again, or just be the person kidnapping Peach and then to get shown up by Mario every time? Well, see, that's the downside of it. That's why I didn't have a good reason why. I was just like, well, that, but he, he's pretty cool. I almost threw the video but. game aspect of it out and was like, Magneto from X-Men, because even though Magneto, I mean, he's an anti-hero, or he's a, I guess, I guess you'd call him an anti-hero. I don't see him as fully a villain, because I understand why Magneto's pissed and why Magneto hates humans. I fully fucking get it. Oh, yeah. So Magneto would be an interesting person to be, not only for his power, but just like his mindset and like the reasoning behind his, um, the way he, the, the, his views, because his views, yeah, because okay, I go. mean, like Magneto is probably one of the most interesting, like, I think Magneto is the most interesting character in all of X-Men. I know people love, you know, Professor X and they love um, Wolverine, Wolverine, but Magneto is probably the most interesting character in all of X-Men because he is that guy that's like, yes, his views are really radical, but 
through hearing about his story and his background, you understand why he is the way he why is. And even in radical. ways you want to yeah. side with him. Can't I? Yeah, I can't argue with that. But you, you, you don't have a definitive answer for. Uh... No, not, not not definitive. I mean, Kessler would be all right. Bowser, but I can't think why. So I really don't have a definitive antagonist that I mean I think I if you like were gonna to go for Bowser it's just because of the pure power that Bowser holds, the fact you could breathe fire yeah. and just smash through walls. Alright, and then Homer's last question. If you were at a party and saw your video game crush before heading over and making your move, which video game sidekick would you choose to be your wingman and why? Yield you want to tackle this first? So this may sound stupid. I'm going with Luigi. The ultimate, Luigi. the ultimate sidekick, the, the ultimate ul- wingman, the ultimate sidekick wingman, Luigi, and he's Italian, kind of goofy. I think it's a win-win. Well, let me ask you this: Do Luigi and Daisy kind of have a thing going on? We know that Mario and Peach are kind of always connected to each other, whether officially or not. But are Luigi and Daisy are they kind of? That's how I always took it. Was you know, Daisy is to Luigi what Peach is to Mario. Well, plus, uh, you think with Luigi, he's a blue-collar worker. He's probably got to get up early to go to work. You know, are you going to... Well, first of all, are you going to pay taxi fare or Uber fare from the Mushroom Kingdom? Because I'm sure that's expensive. But also, like, is he going to be willing to stay out late with you? He doesn't seem like much of a drinker. I bet, I bet like, Luigi can have one drink at most, and then he's, he's you know, dick in the dirt drunk. And then, he, and then he's, done, and he's gone? You know, possibly, but... I, 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 that's the first one I thought of So when I read that question. I'm going to go a very different route, and I'm going to say I would probably have my wingman be their, uh, the duck hunt dog. And I say that because uh, dogs are great companions, but also, like, women love dogs. Like, everyone loves dogs. So, I mean, if you, br- if you bring, like, a terrible friend and, like, then that the, your video game crush, like, her friend is really annoyed with your friend, they'll be like, nah, fuck it, I'm out of here. So you gotta have the right wingman. But I think a dog, like, you know, the dog is perfect because people love dogs, and I think that's the perfect sidekick. There you go. Yeah, we, but we would leave the duck, his little duck buddy, in, in 8-bit. <laughs> he can stay the fuck there. I'm only paying for taxi fare for my friend, the duck hunt dog. I also thought about going with Amaterasu, because Amaterasu is just fucking awesome. Not only, I mean... Uh, a sun goddess, so she she brings the the cheer and the beauty with her as she goes spreading the love and you know making making everything bloom and, and look beautiful. But uh, Amaterasu is a badass, so if there ever gets into a scrape, Amaterasu can get me out of there because Amaterasu can fight. I don't know if you've ever played Okami, but Amaterasu can go and you know wolf dog people love him. No, I have not played Okami. I've heard good things about it, though. It's an amazing game. Definitely with my answer there, Homer, playing off the uh, the Chicks Dig Dogs. Like, what, what people would always tell you if you're going to the park, bring your dog if you're looking to pick up women. There you go. Like yeah, why not a bar? So. All right, that is going to bring us to the end of our questions for this week. Thank you, Homer, sir, for those delightful questions. Nice little spin. It's not like, hey, what games are you looking forward to? Um, Hey, this, that, and the other. Very, very different questions there. So thank you, Homer, for that. We appreciate it. And as always, um, we appreciate you guys getting in touch with us. Um, There are many ways you can get in touch with us, but probably the best two ways are to email us, uh, provengamer at trophywhores.com. And then the Facebook page. The Facebook page, honestly, is the best place. We don't really use Twitter all that much. I, in fact, think about deleting my Twitter account every single day. Uh, But um, 
the Facebook page, the, the Facebook group Trophy Whores. That is the best way to get in touch with us. That's how Homer posted all three of those questions. It's uh, a great way to get uh, updated on our streams and just to kind of start general conversation. Uh, Levi posts in there all the time. Uh, there's a lot of chatter about Be Legit and the, and the Backlog Beatdown. So uh, I should say Backlog Beatdown, call your shot. So yeah, best way to play, probably reach us if you don't use email is the Facebook group. Um, and we love con- conversing with you all and interacting. So please, you know, if you got a question, or you, you know, you, you want something on the show, please go to Facebook and, and post it. Uh, Yield, I guess that'd be our yeah. time to get out of here and do our shout outs. Oh. We, uh, right. we got to get you that platinum, or at least we got to give you the space and the time tonight to get that platinum and spiral. Yeah. So how about you give us some shout outs? So uh, let me first and foremost give a shout out to you, all the pimps and amounts of the whoredom. Thank you for, like I said, interacting with us on social media, hanging out with us in the gaming world, uh, checking out our Rocket League streams. Um, shout out to Alex for recording tonight and putting together the show notes. Uh, shout out to Tricky. Hope he had fun working today. Uh, shout out to Gareth for having us or having me uh, do some Rocket League on Friday. Uh, shout out to Homer and Alex and the Brain Seventy Six for Rocket League Thursdays. Shout out to Nitro for tuning in and and uh, giving tricky crap. Uh, shout out to Parky for tuning in, listening, binge listening the last several episodes. I heard about that. Um, man, I thought there was another one. It'll come to me later. I think that's it. It'll do me. So I want to give a shout out to the fans, the fuel to the fire that is trophy yours. Thank you guys for continuing to support us. Whether you uh, manage to get with a, a get uh, uh, on our Rocket League streams and play with us, whether you know you start competitions to foster the social community that we have here at Trophy Horrors, you know whether you're a regular poster, you put memes on Facebook, or whether you just download the show and listen and tell your friends about it. Hopefully, uh, thank you for supporting our show. Uh, it does a lot to keep us going. You know, after so many years of doing podcasts, like yes, there are some times when it's a Sunday night and I'm like, man, I really just want to play Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, and especially I'm during those weeks when I have to edit, I'm like, oh my god, no. But you guys are the ones that keep us going. You know, we we've had you know develop these close relationships between all three of us and with our, our guest co-host uh, that we we take you know great pride in we take great joy in we we love them really it's um it's great that we've managed to make so many relationships through this show over the years but you guys are the ones who keep us going and your continued support really makes it happen so thank you all for being really the heart of trophy yours it's you guys give a shout out to yield for recording with me here on big game sunday uh and unfortunately uh, tricky couldn't be here again he is uh taken a, a much deserved sleep after working a, a long long shift um, due to the, bl- the continued snow conditions in new york but a shout out to tricky um for being kind of <laughs> just wait just just wait until this weekend when it's freaking cold yeah for being he's kind of the puppet master he keeps everything in line and makes sure everything's good to go so thank you to tricky for being the guy who just kind of not only you know brought proven gamer up uh like i i'm gonna piss some people off by just giving credit to tricky so probably you shouldn't do that uh, but just credit to tricky for just kind of keeping an eye on the back end and just keeping the infrastructure of a proven gamer going and allowing us to have this platform that is trophy horse. Uh, give a shout out last but not least to my loving girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. And you'll, unless you've got something else you want to say, that is going to bring us to the end of episode 464, 466. Woo. 466. See you next week. Until next week. Happy trophy hunting.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs> 